As a major gift fundraiser, you can always use new ideas to help you cultivate and steward your donors. In this podcast, Richard and I give you a bunch of new ideas to deepen your relationships with donors. Some of them may leave you scratching your head at first, but stay with us. Every idea we give you is all about helping you know your donors. Because if you know your donors and their passion and interest, you'll know how to solicit them properly. Get out your notebooks and let's write them down. Welcome to the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group, featuring Richard Perry and Jeff Schreifels. Twice a month, we bring you the latest and best thinking about major gift fundraising, so you can develop authentic relationships with your major donors. Here are your hosts, Richard and Jeff. Hi, welcome to the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast. I'm Jeff Schreifels. And I'm Richard Perry. And we are here today because we want to give you some great ideas, right? Well, I mean, I think they are. I mean, we've been through them <laughs> a lot. Think, <laughs> I hope they're good ideas. No, we, we've actually collected these ideas from uh, experienced fundraisers who have experienced a lot of success in, in their major gift work. And so uh, these are these are random. It's going to be random, but basically how to cultivate uh, your portfolio and your donors and uh, how, to, how to move things forward yeah. in major gifts. Yeah. So you might be running on your uh, treadmill right now. And we're just going to go down a list of great ideas and just talk about them and how they can enhance the relationship with your donors. And what if they're not on their treadmill? Well, then they might be driving in their car <laughs> or, or in your office. sitting in their, your office or having lunch. Either way, we're glad you tuned in. <laughs> <laughs> Very appreciative that you're listening to us. Okay. Well, let's just get right into it, Richard. Okay. First one is reevaluating your caseload. Take out those donors who should not be in it, and add those that are waiting in the wings. So someone might say, well, what in the world does that have to do with cultivating a donor? Yeah, so tell us. Well, because if you have the wrong donor in your caseload, how are you going to cultivate them? Or right. if there's a low-value donor. Uh, remember, we're always balancing value against uh, uh, economic value against uh, the passions and interests of a donor. We're cultivating both of those things. One's an organizational contract we need to fulfill, and what's the contract with the donor? So I think the point about taking donors out of your portfolio and adding those in that are more, um, that have greater economic value and are more connected to you yep. is a way that places your labor against uh, a higher payoff activity. Right. So that's an important point to take, in, to take into account. All right. That's good. Now, related to that is upgrade and downgrade your portfolio by reviewing your tiered donors and evaluate whether they should be brought up or down. Well, what do you mean by tiered donors? Jeff? So as we often will talk about with having the right structure for major gifts, once you have those qualified donors in your portfolio, you need to tier them A, B, and C level. So the A's obviously have your, uh, you know, they're going to be the, your the highest donor, value, highest value yeah. donors. And you're going to spend most of your time on that group. In fact, could, we say maybe 50% of your time. Could be only 15, 20 donors. Yeah. Yeah. Of 150, that's right. your A tier level. So during that course of the year, a couple of times a year, you want to look at, okay, is this A donor really an A donor or do I need to bring them down? Is this B donor really an A level donor now? So you need to bring them up. So you need to evaluate that. And if you're, why this relates to cultivating is because if let's say you have a C donor 
and they go, you know what, this is actually an A donor, mm -hmm. bring them up and you're going to be spending more time and energy and thought with that. So, so these first two <clears throat> points are really about how you focus and allocate your time. And somebody might still say, well, what does that have to do with cultivating a donor? Well, because you're going to put your best labor against uh, the highest uh, economic value. That's right. That's the point. And yeah. if you're not doing that, you're not going to be uh, properly aligned, uh, properly aligning your labor to the, uh, to, to the economic value. Yeah. Now, another one here is identify donors who are behind goal, figure out why, then review the current plan and change it if necessary. So that's another thing. We well, I mean, that implies that, that uh, the major gift officer has actually done a goal. Well, right. I mean, we're let's just we're assuming that's happening. Yeah. So, so <laughs> if you're if, if you're listening and you you haven't had you haven't created a personal, I mean, a, a, an actual uh, customized personalized goal for every donor on your qualified donor caseload, you need to you need to back up and start there because you you absolutely must have a goal for every donor on your caseload. But to Jeff's point, it's like, well, now you're looking at it and they haven't. That there's something that's off right against the goal that will help you focus your efforts on uh, properly in terms of like well and be curious like well why aren't they on goal what's going on and hopefully you're doing this every month this exercise because you don't want to get in a situation where you're you're in august and then you realize a donor that was supposed to give in march or april didn't give their gift and now you're like, oh, what's going on here? I missed, I didn't realize this donor, they were supposed to give and they didn't. And yeah, yeah, so, so you systematically need to go. Uh, so like we, we often say you need to cash flow your goals. Now, what do we mean by that? That means that if, if you have a goal for a donor of $10,000 and let's say you're on a calendar year uh, financial period versus a fiscal year, when is that 10000 going to come in? Right. When did they, when did it come in last year or what was the, what was the giving pattern of the donor? Did it come in in two, uh, two gifts, three gifts? Was there some special thing that you need to understand what's, what the, the pattern of the donor is in the past and put that into, uh, into your forecast for the current, for the future and then see if you're on track or you're off track or whatever's going on with that. Exactly. Do a deeper dive into your B and C level donors through research. Well, we've discovered this many times, Jeff, that in the B and C's there are a whole bunch of A's. Yeah. Uh, this is what's so fascinating. And we mentioned this on another podcast. Uh, so if you've listened to all of them, you'll hear this point uh, from, from a past podcast, but it was basically that in, in, in many organizations and in, especially in universities, the criteria is so high for what constitutes a major gift, a major giver. So like $25,000. Mm -hmm. So cute. Anybody below 25,000, they're not, they're not on the radar. Well, Jeff's and my point is, well, they should be on the radar because buried in those lower givers are some very high capacity givers that actually are showing that they love and care about your organization. So you need to look yeah, uh, back into the B's and C's and figure out, well, what, what's uh what am I missing? Here? Exactly. Because sometimes major gift officers, now they got their tiering right, but then they spend so much time with their A's, they leave the B's and C's out. And we're, it's just a reminder. <clears throat> Don't forget about the B's and C donor. 
Right. You know, there, there's capacity there. And obviously there's some reason they're on your portfolio in the first place. All right. Here's another one. Volunteer for a few days in a row with the work your organization does. Boy, that's a good one. Well, like, why does that, how does well, that cultivate it, a donor? Well, because it gets your heart and your spirit and your mind back in touch with what in the world you're doing. Exactly. And why is that important? Because if you don't have that aligned, you're not going to be able to represent what your organization does in a compelling way and in a believable way to your donor. And if you're not able to do that in a compelling and believable way, then the donor is actually not going to... Uh, to uh, move the direction that you would like them to move. Right. I mean, that's the logic of yeah. the whole thing. I mean, how many major gift officers have we run into who have lost what they even do? They're so into the details of their work, they forget the mission, <laughs> what the big picture is. Well, and, and, and what, the, uh, what the emotions and, and the, the, uh, the humanity behind it. Like, and, and, and you could be involved in an animal or cause for animals or environment, whatever. Um, you, you always have to be close to like, well, what's going on here? And why is this important on the planet? Because believe me, the longer you wait, the colder your heart uh, uh, is going to get and the less effective you'll be in representing your cause to your donor. So that's important. Here's, a, here's another one. Interview five of your major donors about their story and why they invest in your organization. Now, why would that be important? Well, because we're always trying to figure out the donor's passion and interest, the major mm -hmm. gift officers. That's their role. But beyond just what are they, it's why. What's the story behind the donor? What, what caused them to have those passion and interests? Yeah, why do they invest in the organization? Exactly. And so getting that story is powerful. And having a systemized approach to this, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm really going to set out getting five of these this week and next week I'm going to do this. And so that you're really working to find out that donor story, because that is going to help you so much in cultivating that donor and knowing what to use to cultivate the donor with. So, so what we're suggesting here is you're not only just doing it with five, but you'd be eventually you're going to do it with all of all them. of them. But the point is have a system so that you're doing it because if you, if you don't fundamentally understand why they invest in your organization, you're, you're not going to be able to in a compelling and believable way, uh, talk to them about how they can get more involved, yeah. which is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Take a board member out for lunch and explain what you do. Um, this is good because this helps you as the major gift officer get your own story together. Um, now, some of you might even have some of your board members on your portfolio. Others may not. But just going through this exercise of being able to talk to a, maid, or to a board member and really explain the work that you do, why you do it helps you get in touch with why you're doing it yourself mm -hmm. so that you can work with your donors in a way that's more compelling, honest, open, real. And being able to do that with a board member not only helps you, but then it enlightens the board member about what it is, how important major gifts is and why they need, you need their help to help cultivate those donors as well. And it's a safe way to practice too, what it, the story is. is because you have an insider that's a, that's a board member and uh, uh, you can actually be practicing uh, 
what it is about your organization that's important to, to them as well as to you. Yep. Now, here's another subject that you've talked a lot about, uh, Jeff, and it's the uh, self-care points. Mm. I mean, we have a number of them yeah. on the list. Like it, it's this balance between like doing the work and then taking care of self. Why is yep. taking care of self so important? Because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to take care of your donor. I mean, that's a simple. And, you know, we, we run into all kinds of major gift officers who are burned out. They're working long hours. It's a hard job. You're working with people. And sometimes it's, you know, they're difficult people to work with at times. Well, and, and it can be long hours. And long some- hours, strenuous. Um, it takes a lot of emotional um, my, uh, work to do this stuff. And so if you don't spend time thinking about yourself, <laughs> taking care of yourself, I, I mean, that can go from exercising every morning uh, taking a retreat, making sure you're going on vacations. But you got to do that. I yeah. mean, how many, how many major gift officers have we heard? Well, I just couldn't get it in. I know. You know I, just, I just couldn't do that. Or the they've people. got like, or if they're, if they're nonprofit, let them carry it over. I've known major gift officers who have like two or three months of vacation that they could actually take that they're not taking. Yeah, and, and somehow they think, well, that's like a badge of honor or something. But that's just. No, this is not working. That's very hurtful. So just so like take a take a two week vacation uh, or or if you can't do two weeks, take a week or take a day off and do something for yourself. Yeah. And then further, do something for yourself to kind of build yourself up, like uh, reading a book right. or taking a course. Right. That's going to further uh, your your career or improve your uh, communication, something that, that, that makes you a better uh, major gift officer. All of this self-care thing uh, is is very important. Jeff and I have talked quite a bit just between ourselves and with our other business partner, Carter Wade, about uh, about uh, this whole matter of self-care and exercise and 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 being clear about our uh, how we take care of our bodies as well as our emotions, as yeah. well as our minds. Um, it's a practice that we uh, practice ourselves. Yeah. Which. If we don't watch it and we hold each other accountable to do it. We do. I, I can remember that, you know, it's hard to do this exercise stuff every yeah. day. But I think one way that we both, I mean, we turned and how we purposed and made discipline about this was this is part of our job. Exercising is part of our work. It makes us better at work by doing this every morning. So we schedule it. So we schedule it. It's actually on the calendar. Yeah, it is on the calendar. Yeah. And it's in part as just as part of our work as what we're doing right now. Exactly. And that's a big change in how to think about this. Yes. So what we're saying to you as you're listening to this is that you need to do the same thing. Part of being successful in cultivating your donor is to take care of yourself. Uh, and that's uh, you're going to be better. You're going to be a better person. Uh, you're going to be far more rested. You'll have way more objectivity. Mm. You'll rekindle your passion for the organization and for the relationships you're in. Uh, you'll be lighter. Yeah. You'll have more positivity. Um, things will go better for you. Yeah. So take care of yourself is a very important point. All right. Here's one. Thank all of your donors in the portfolio with a handwritten note. Now do this over a time period. Yeah. But just let's just say you have the discipline to take three of your donors every morning. You you get into the office and you write a handwritten note thanking them for everything they do. 
I mean, we know the power of a handwritten note is just amazing. It has a tremendous effect on people. One, because they never get a handwritten note anymore. <laughs> you know, it will get opened because no one writes anything. Nobody writes There's anything. no real no. mail anymore. No, I know. So to send that to a donor will get opened. And then that they knew that you took the time to write out something to them. Powerful. And you think, well, this is kind of silly. It's so simple. But it has just think about your own life when you get a thank you. It, it means something. You keep it for a while, right? You put it on your desk and keep it there because you just you don't get those kind of things every day. So doing that will have a huge impact on your donor. And then throughout the course of the year, they'll well, remember that. Well, and we have a podcast coming up uh, uh, with one, another major gift officer, Frank Munford, and he tells the story and he'll probably tell it on the podcast of of a donor who he discovered was interested in dolphins. Hmm. And he was very, uh, very fascinated with dolphins because, and so, so Frank said, well, why, why, why are you interested in that? Well, because they're, the, they're one of the smartest mammals on the face of the earth. And so Frank went and got him some, uh, I can't remember the details, but some information on dolphins and mailed it to him. Completely changed the relationship. Wow. I know little things had, like that had nothing to, had nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with uh, with the the cause the organization or anything, but it was a, it was a thing that was important to the donor. So that that personal touch is so important. Here's one: take some donors that don't know each other and do some kind of activity together. Like for example, um, let's say you know you have three or four donors that just love baseball. Mm -hmm. Get them together. Take them to a game. Have them interact with one another. It's amazing what happened. We've heard so many stories of major gift officers that bring some of their donors that they think, hey, they might get along together or they might be able to help each other in their business or their career. Being able to do something like that and essentially being the broker of the relationship here has a huge impact it does. on donors. So look for some of those donors that you have that you could do something like that with. And it doesn't have to be a ball game. It could be, you know, musical play, it could be anything, but bringing them together, different donors that don't know each other, but you know, they have this common passion and that's your organization and their exactly. mission. Exactly. And then they'll be talking to each other and, and it'll, uh, nothing but good will come out of it. Exactly. Here's another idea is, and this is more internal, sit with your colleagues in the direct response field Yes. or communications or PR, plan giving, marketing, whoever, and review their strategies, upcoming strategies and make sure that what you're doing is aligned to what they're doing. Now, we've heard so many times uh, where where uh, one department's not talking or one division's not talking to the other division, and they send something out, and it and it, it directly conflicts with what the major gift officer is trying to do. Now, yeah. this seems like an obvious thing, like, well, duh. I mean, anybody? No. Actually, people <laughs> do not do no. this. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing how we don't do it. And by doing this, you're right. You're going to have the communications that are going out to donors. You're all in alignment with, you know, what's happening throughout the course of the year. Well, and here's what that has to do with cultivating your donor. It actually creates an experience for your donor that is aligned, positive, integrated. The messaging is integrated it's going to be a more positive experience. We, uh, there's one organization I'm thinking of where this is not happening and the donors are actually twisted and turned 
with every communication that comes out of that organization because there isn't alignment, which means that it's going counter to any effort on the part of anybody to cultivate the donor. So that's what this point has to do with cultivating because everything we're talking about here is what does it have to do with cultivating the donor? Right. And that's, this is how that connects to that point. All right. Here's what I, here's a good one. Find one to two donors and it could be more, but at least one to two donors in your portfolio today that you want to pursue a six high six or seven figure gift over the next 24 months, then create a specific strategy just for those people and work it. We've seen this work uh, uh, very well in a number of organizations. And why does it work is because there are, there are buried in your donor file donors who can give way more than, uh, than say the average donor in the file, right? Which is why we call it transformational. Uh, but it takes uh, it takes a lot more time to develop those relationships. And further, it takes time to actually find out who they are. But if you start to be look, if you start looking for them, you will find them because it'll start to dawn on you. Oh, well, here, this person's actually more engaged and has capacity. And you're going to talk more about what kind of projects and programs align to their passions and interests. Yeah. OK, here's one. This might be we might have time for our last one here. And this is like, what does this have to do with anything? But takes, take someone from finance out to lunch and ask him or her about her job or his job and then listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, that's, that, that, yeah, it could be operations or Operate, IT. Or program. Uh, uh, well, program is actually a lot easier to understand because they're part of the, quote, product. But if someone from operations or finance or HR, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I got a story about that. Okay, let's hear it. So- this major gift officer, um, when they started at this organization, one of the first things she did was to go to all the finance people and take them out for lunch and really get to know them and help them understand what she did and understand her donors and all of that. Now, five months later, she had this proposal she was putting together for a donor. And they, she needed to get some really intricate numbers and she needed to get the two to the donor immediately. Like she only had to get it overnight. She goes over to the finance and the finance people stayed late overnight for her. Why? Because she knew every one of them had a relationship with them and they got why she needed that information. Well, and they understood how major gifts worked. Exactly. Making the assumption that HR people, finance people, uh, your operations, your IT people actually understand what you do. He is a huge assumption. You, you should pay, basically assume they don't have a clue. Well, and, and they don't. It's, and it's not because right. they're, it's not no. because they're ignorant or stupid. It's, <clears throat> it's because, uh, no one has sat down with them. Exactly. In fact, some of our training that we do, Jeff, we actually uh, sit with finance people, operations people, HR people, and so on and explain, here's how major gifts works. Right. And, uh, uh, first of all, it's fascinating to them. And secondly, it, it opens up all kinds of goodwill, which in turn, affects how your donor is treated because then the whole receding back office thing changes. Uh, so this is very pertinent to how you cultivate, uh, yeah. how you improve cultivating a donor because you're, you're, you're basically saying to your back office, here's why it's important Then their attitudes start to change. And then the effect of their work on your donors increases tremendous. in terms of quality. It's tremendous. It, that's a huge point that everybody, I think a lot of people forget. Well, thanks for joining us today. We're running out of time. I want to let you be aware we have a free resource for you 
that I think will be helpful. If you go to veritasgroup.com and go to the downloads page, there's a white paper called Creating Strategic Plans for Every Donor. Wow, that's a good one. And this all includes all these touch points and throughout the course of the year, how to plan for all of this with your donor. So go to veritasgroup.com, Creating Strategic Plans for Every Donor, and download that free white paper. And again, thank you for joining us. Yes, thank you. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for the Nothing But Major Gifts podcast from Veritas Group. Richard and Jeff also write an ongoing blog that you can subscribe to for free at veritasgroup.com. Please join us again next time.